Oh, no, please feel free to move forward. <laughs> I was like, that guy had to be. I only moved it up. Cause oh, you, you, can, you can do the, uh, ooh, right? Very nice. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Good morning and welcome to Solana Valley Church. I'm grateful to see each and every one of you here. And I want to invite you to stand with us right now as we worship our awesome God together. Here we go. Yeah, but... 
This morning, we have the honor and the privilege of celebrating the baptism of three people who have been gloriously saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. And God is building his kingdom here. God is God is doing it. And it's just uh, so cool to just witness that and be a part of that. And, and be a part of the of these wonderful individuals' journeys. And so right now, let's worship God for his faithfulness and for his promise to, uh, to build his kingdom um, where the gates of hell will not prevail. So let's do that right now and ask him to keep doing it. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. And please in us we pray, unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope, like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come invade us Kingdom God. We sing your kingdom first. We hunger and we thirst. We refuse to waste our lives. Oh Lord, our joy and pride. We the captain's heart to leave. The hurt, the sick, the poor at peace. We lay down our Build your kingdom here. Build your kingdom here. Let the darkness be. Show your mighty hand. Heal our streets and land. Set your church on fire. When this nation dies. Change the atmosphere. Build your kingdom. Build your kingdom here. We pray. 
Your goodness is running out. 
your goodness. Have a seat for a moment, and uh, Pastor Gary has a few words to say before we celebrate our baptisms this morning. All right, good morning. We're so glad that everybody's here today. Glad you could be with us. Uh, for those of you who are following uh, us today on Facebook and YouTube, we're grateful that you've tuned in as well. And, uh, you know, this is a special weekend in a lot of ways. Uh, it is a weekend when we like to commemorate uh, 9-11, and uh, we like to commemorate uh, our first responders who sacrificed to serve people who were injured and killed in the 9-11 attacks. And uh, so yesterday what we did is a number of us, probably about 20, 25 people, uh, gathered over in this little courtyard between uh, a couple of the buildings over at Kaiser Vacaville. And we just spent time, we spent time praying for Gina Hamilton, who's had COVID, also for Chip. Uh, and we spent time praying for others who were sick and stuff. But we also spent some time just uh, uh, worshiping God and also commemorating, praying for our first responders, particularly our firefighters right now who are fighting the fires here in California. Uh, but we are hugely grateful for them. So we like to commemorate that around 9-11. Uh, but today, I think, is a really, really good day for us to remember or commemorate a few other things. Uh, I think that uh, well, it was 27 years ago this weekend. Uh, that we launched this church. Yeah, yeah. We, to, today, we celebrate 27 years of God and his faithfulness. Okay? We're not celebrating what we've done. We're celebrating what God has done. And for 27 years, we have seen God show up again and again and again. We have seen God touch lives, change lives. There are people going to heaven today who weren't before they came to this church. There are people 
in our church who've come uh, through our church through the years who've gotten clean and sober. There are people in our church who've experienced God's healing uh, in his touch in their lives in so many different ways. And we're really grateful for God's faithfulness. And so today we're going to celebrate the faithfulness of God uh, in the lives of three people who are being baptized. And uh, before I introduce them to you, before I bring them up, I want to share with you just a short uh, little bit of scripture here if I can. Uh, And I'm going to make a couple of comments about baptism, and I'm going to invite them up. Uh, The Bible says this in in Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3, verse, uh, chapter, excuse me, yeah, Titus 3 chapter, or verses 4 and 5, it says this. It says, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared. When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared. That, I mean, our God is kind. Our God... Um, our, our God is, is a loving God. By the way, every person here today, I want you to know this. God loves you deeply. He does. Every single individual in this room. That, that for God, you know, he would do anything not to spend eternity in heaven without you. Did you know that? God would do anything not to spend eternity without you. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus. He sent his son, Jesus, to show us his kindness, to show us his love. God really wants every single individual in this room in heaven with him for all of eternity. He wants every single person who is watching this video right now, either through Face, uh, FaceTime or, excuse me, uh, Facebook or through YouTube, he wants you in heaven with him. And he would do anything to accomplish that. And so what he did is he sent his son, and this is what the scripture says, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. God didn't save me because I'm a really good guy. God saved me because, well, I haven't always been a really good guy, okay? Sometimes I'm still not, okay? He saved us not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Baptism, real quickly here. Let me just explain to you what baptism is. Many of you may feel like you already know this, but for anybody who might not, let me just kind of review for you. That, that what baptism is, is it a public, public celebration of a personal commitment. It's a public celebration of a personal commitment, the personal commitment that we want to put our faith, our hope, our trust in Jesus to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Nobody will ever go to heaven because of all the good works they do. We only go to heaven because of the good work that Jesus has done. Nothing I've ever done or ever will do can add to what Jesus has done for me. By the way, nothing I've ever done or ever will do can take away from what Jesus has done for me. And so he saves us. And what he does is the Bible tells us is that he saved us through the washing of rebirth. And so just like I said a moment ago, I said that the baptism is a public profession of a personal commitment. It's also kind of like a physical demonstration of a spiritual reality. That that what what as this washing of rebirth is part of what baptism pictures is that it's like we have been washed by Jesus and his work for us. And baptism pictures that. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to celebrate the faithfulness of God and what he's done. Joy, can I give you my Bible real quick, please? 
All right, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ask uh, I'm going to ask Elias and Michelle and Benjamin if y'all can all come up here and uh, those who are either being baptized or helping with us. All right, Elias. So go ahead and just let's make a little line right up here. And uh, we're going to begin with Elias. Where's Dad at? Oh, there you are. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm going to hand this over to you, and then I'll hold the, the mic for you when you're baptized. All right. Good morning, guys. Have you guys met Elias yet? Elias is a special little guy, and he accepted Jesus about two months ago, and he wanted to get what he calls baptized. Huh. Yeah. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Awesome. He's getting a little shy. He wanted me to talk for him today. And just tell a quick story, if that's all right. He just got out of the hospital yesterday. As you guys might know, he has hemophilia. And he had a tongue bleed, so it's been a tough time. And trying to get the veins is pretty tough as well, getting into his arms. And nurse came in and asked my wife, does he want, do you want to talk to a chaplain? And Elias is like, what's a chaplain? And so Kayla let, her, let, let the nurse know that we're non-denominational Christian. And so the, the nurse told Elias, it's like a pastor. And he's like, well, who's a, what's a pastor? And so mom said, well, it's like Pastor Gary and Pastor Matt. Oh, what are they going to do? Pray for you. Oh, yes. Yes, please. I'd like to have them come in. So the chaplain came in and asked to pray for Elias. And Elias, the selfless little guy he is, said, I don't want you praying for me, but I want you to pray for my grandma. Such a special guy. You ready to get baptized here, buddy? Yeah? Is there anything else you want to say? No? Let's go ahead and take those crops off, bud. Take your crops off. I don't know if Jesus had it this warm 2,000 years ago. This is this is nice. All right. So here's what I'm going to have you do, but I don't have you put your hand over your mouth or over your nose. Uh, your right hand. Either one. Yep. Can you bend up? All right. Cover your nose. All right. And you're going to close your mouth. Close your mouth. You're going to go under. Right now? In a second. When I, when I push you back, that's what's going to happen, okay? This is unrehearsed, guys. All right? So... We're doing it for the first time. All right. Go ahead and plug your nose. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. Fantastic. All right, Elias. We're so excited for you, buddy. Are you cold? Mommy's going to get you a towel. It's coming. So, uh, Benjamin, you might want to grab your towel, too. So, All right, Benjamin. Hey, can y'all give Benjamin a big hand? Or Elias, excuse me. Benjamin's coming up in a minute. 
Thanks, Dan. All right. Fantastic. Elias, we're so excited for you, buddy. All right, Michelle Cressel, y'all want to go ahead and come up? All right. All right. Michelle, did you have a, a word that you wanted to share with us about your decision to put your faith in Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I might cry. <laughs> it's a little bit, little bit longer, but I'll try to keep it short. Um, so, I mean, God's always been there. You know, so there's been a lot. Um, really, I think about, it was around seven or eight years ago, my mom was pushing me to get baptized a lot because she had just been born again. And so she knew God's love. And she wanted me to experience that. But I wasn't ready. And I knew that it meant something. I didn't want to do it yet. And Jesus actually came to me at that time in a dream. And he asked me, why won't you do this for me? And I just told him the same thing I told my mom. I, I want to be ready, and I want it to mean that I'm ready to commit to you. And he said, okay, don't wait too long. Flash forward about this last May, 2021, uh, God gave me another dream. I guess I had waited a little too long. <laughs> and in the dream, uh, I actually died. I got shot um, through the head. Just random act. And immediately, death. And I was floating in this dark void, and I cried out to God. Um, and he answered. He said, it's time to come find me. And he actually told me who to talk to. <laughs> he told me to talk to Chris L., uh, who I work with. And woke up two in the morning crying. And I, I spoke to her the next day. Uh, around lunchtime and went to her and we both cried together and she prayed with me and and it was a uh, you know I I started following and I started obeying and that Sunday I was here and I went to Bible study that night <laughs> and I've been here almost every Sunday since so yeah I'm now ready all right fantastic thanks Michelle go ahead Chriselle let's come up here and uh, you got your child and stuff there. All right, fantastic. You're ready. Go ahead and go ahead and use your yep. And then you want to take this hand and then just hold on right there. Got it. You close your mouth. <laughs> All right, Michelle, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, all right, fantastic. All right. Good job, Chriselle. Good job, Michelle. We are so excited for you. We're so excited for how God has saved you and that you are now a beloved child of God. Isn't this exciting? All right, all right. Okay, you know what? I've been uh, holding the mic for everybody else. I need somebody to hold the mic for me. Dan, you going to do that? Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right, so real quick, first of all, let's have Benjamin come on up here, buddy bud. So glad to have Benjamin with us. Benjamin's coming to Solana Valley now for about two months or so, and we've been meeting together individually uh, this Monday, he's going to start coming to our men's group on Monday nights, which I'm real excited about. 
But uh, Benjamin, would you like to share with us a little bit about your decision to follow Jesus? Um, I stopped following God when I was little because I thought that um, I was following it because everybody else wanted it for me, not because I wanted it. And so I didn't think about him for a long time. And now that I have been, and now that I've been coming here trying to learn, it feels like I'm getting to know an old friend again. Mm. And now I'm ready to come back. All right. Fantastic. Thank you, Benjamin. I'm going to hand the mic over to you. Thanks, Ben. Grab there. And uh, you ready? All right. So, Benjamin, I want to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let's congratulate these three one more time together. Before we do this next song, I just want to lead us in a prayer. God, thank you so much for saving, for saving Elias and Michelle and Benjamin. We give you all the praise and glory for how you're working in their lives. We thank you so much that you are preparing a place for them. We thank you that they are our new brothers and sister in Christ. For you so loved the world that you gave your one and only son. If they believe in him, if we believe in him, we will not perish. We will have everlasting life. And we worship you for that and for so many other things. You're an awesome God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and let's praise God uh, together again one more time for what just happened. And just praise God for who he is. For what he's done, we have so much to be grateful for, don't we? All right. So there, um, and then uh, my wife Carolyn will be up to share some announcements with us. But here we go. This is right from John 3.16. Song of Celebration. So love the world that he gave us is one. 
Bring it all. Bring all your failures. Bring your addictions. Come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting there with open arms. Oh, yes, he is. For God so loved the world that he gave us. This one and only son to save us. Whoever believes in him will live forever. deserves it. Amen. Thank you, God. All right, you can have a seat. Well, good morning. Welcome to Solana Valley Church. Aren't you glad you're here this morning? Amen. Amen. What a wonderful way to, to celebrate uh, 27 years um, by observing changed lives, how Jesus has come in and, and just changed lives, um, all for his glory. And what a beautiful picture of the, of the cross, of the altar of coming. Thank you. Um, and just um, praising him for his love. Um, so I'm glad I'm here. Facebook, uh, YouTube, welcome this morning. I'm glad you're here joining us as well. I have a few announcements for you um, this morning. So one of our, um, uh, who we are as Solana Valley Church is, um, is to worship, grow, serve, and reach. And one of the ways that we can grow is through connection. So we have some groups in which we connect. And Sunday mornings are great. You know, they're, they're great to come and to see everybody and worship together as a congregation. But we do that what? We do that in rows. And it's in circles 
that where we connect, that we really connect. And that's what the beauty of small groups is. We gather and we gather together and we get together in circles and that's where we do life and we connect. So um, there's a couple opportunities for that. Uh, Pastor Gary's leading a men's group on Monday nights. Um, I'm doing a group on Tuesdays. Joy's about ready to start one of her groups next Sunday. And um, the Acords and the Clausens um, are getting ready to host again soon. So I encourage you to check it out. And where can you check it out? You can check it out on our website or our SVC app. And you don't, if you don't have the app, go ahead and download it. You can download it from um, Google Play or the App Store. But uh, it's updated with all the latest information. It can tell you who to contact um, to get plugged into a group. So I really want to encourage you to get plugged in. Um, it's September, which means it's almost October, right, fall. I know, wow, right? And so what do you think of? You think of what? Trunk or treat. So this year we are going to have another trunk or treat. Um, it's a great opportunity for us to be able to um, come together to uh, bless our community and to hand out ca- uh, candy to kids and um, just let people know that we're here and that God loves them. So that is happening on October 30th. It's a Saturday from 1 to 3 in our parking lot. But to make that successful, we need a few things. We need you. So we're looking for 8 to 10 people to say, yeah, I'll, I'll do a vehicle. I'll, I'll decorate my trunk and I'll hand out candy. Um, great ideas on Pinterest. If you're like, I don't know what to do, check out Pinterest, right? Source for everything. Um, so we need 8 to 10 people. and We also need candy. So, I mean, if we have... 15 or 20, that would be even better. Um, but we need candy. So there is a sign-up sheet in the back if you want to sign up and let us know that you're going to do a trunk and bring some candy. And let's just um, be there for our community. I will tell you, last year we did this, and um, I remember one family in particular driving through, and she said, I've been driving around looking for something for my child. Everything had been shut down because of COVID. And she said, thank you for doing this. So it is important. So come join us on that day. Um, next is our offering. Um, so first of all, for those of you that give, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for pouring into the ministry of our church and allowing us to, uh, to minister and to, uh, be available for our community. And it's really something when you trust God with your finances, right? We say we trust God, but when we trust God with our finances, and we're, we're really just giving back to him what he's already given to us, right? But when you do that, that's a true sign of like, okay, God, I'm giving it all. I'm just, I'm trusting you with everything. So thank you for those that are trusting God with your finances. And I want to remind you that there are five ways to give. Um, you can give online at www.solanovalley.org backslash giving. You can tap Give on that SVC phone app. That's a really easy way to do it. You can send a check to 1307 Oliver Road, Fairfield, California, 94534. You can text the word Give, G-I-V, to 707-883-3019. And lastly, if you're here, I'm glad to see your faces. There is our little drop box in the back. There's a little slot that you can just go ahead and drop your giving in that as well. So um, thanks for being here this morning. What a great morning. And I'll go ahead and invite PC Walker up this morning. He's going to be bringing us the message this morning. So welcome, PC.
So I'm excited to be here again uh, with you all, and uh, I just want to share, I know the last time I was here a couple weeks ago, uh, I talked a little bit about how I've just been, uh, like I'm still listening and still learning to listen in ways, uh, in different ways of my life that I haven't always been so great at listening, and I talked a little bit about listening to Jesus, and I talked a little bit about listening to other people, and listening to the world, listening to the things that are happening around us. And uh, I want to share a little bit more of that listening that has come about in the last couple of weeks as well, uh, that I'm still in that zone and still in that space of learning. And uh, to begin, I'm going to read a Jesus story for you because it's from this story that uh, I've just really been trying to learn to listen Um, And I'm going to read from John chapter 14, if you like to read along. Uh, So we'll be in John chapter 14. Uh, Let me pray, and then I will read that story. Uh, Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for so much that's happening, even just this morning, uh, in this space that we've all come together for, for a reason. Um, Every one of us is here for a reason, and I don't know what every reason is, but I know that you do. And so um, so I ask Jesus that uh, for the next few moments that maybe you speak to our hearts and let us see the reason why we are here today. Um, uh, we may already know that, uh, and some of us may be trying to figure that out. But I ask that you would speak to our hearts. And again, uh, if that has nothing to do with a word out of my mouth, it's still uh, the prayer that I ask. God, just let us see you. Let us see why uh, why we were brought together today, and um, and let us be nearer to you than we were before we came today. So we praise you, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So in John chapter fourteen, uh, I'm going to start in verse twenty-five, and. Uh, no, actually, let's go back a little bit. I'm going to start in verse verse 23 because that's the one where it says Jesus answered them. So this is where Jesus starts to talk. Let's start there. So verse 23, Jesus answered them, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words and the word that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. Now we go on to verse 25 and it says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Never let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced. But because I am going to the Father and the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place so that when it does take place, you will believe. This thing about listening that I've been going through and thinking through the last uh, several weeks uh, the thing about listening is that when you not when you don't listen well, uh, you talk a whole lot, and uh, we say a lot of things all the time. And especially, I think, uh, like 
many of us, we talk about a lot of things as Christians that just roll out of our mouth and begin to lose their meaning over time when they get overused. And words like prayer and faith and hope and love and even the cross, these are all so full of meaning. They're very rich things, but they just leave our mouth so easily. And one of those words that I've been pausing on in the last couple weeks and trying to listen a little bit closer to is this word peace that Jesus speaks here. In the last conversation that Jesus has with his disciples, he says, peace, I leave with you. Now, what could be more simpler? I mean, that's a simple word. It's a very simple concept. We all know what peace means. And I'm learning that it might not be as simple as it sounds. So I have three questions that I want to talk about while we're here today. Uh, first question is, what's the problem with peace being found today? The second is, what does peace mean when Jesus promises it? And the third one is, what should the word peace mean to us and say to us right now? So first of all, and maybe perhaps like my best Seinfeld voice, like what's the deal with peace, right? Like just, I don't understand what the deal is. Where is this problem? Does it, does it not seem strange to you that there would be this promise of peace that has been left with us and then the world that I see is so relentlessly at war and destruction and not peace. Does it seem to you that the, when the angels sing of peace on earth, they may have been as naive as the beauty pageant queen who wishes for world peace? So where is the problem with peace? I think the problem seems to be, to me, that the promise clashes with my reality. The promise of peace that has been left with me clashes with the reality that I see. So you don't have to look much further than the news to realize that. You can see that around us. It seems, at least to me, that we see a lot more destruction and oppression and violence and war and uh, in injustice than we do see peace, it seems to me. And I can only speak for me. So where do we spot this peace that Jesus says, I left you with peace? In fact, when I consider, and I keep looking, and I consider the promises of Jesus in that, throughout Scripture, I get even a little bit more confused. Because when he is born, and when he goes to die, he promises peace. But in midst of his teaching, when he was still here, Matthew ten thirty four, he says, Do not think I have come to bring you peace on earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. And he adds to that list when you read the account in Luke uh, of that same talk in Luke 12. He, he adds to that list, I've actually brought uh, dissension and division and disunity. So, okay, Jesus, uh, what? What are you trying to say then? 
We have let these words of Jesus just roll so freely off of our lips that peace I give to you, peace I leave with you. We say peace and there is no peace. So uh, what's happening? What's going on? Is peace even possible or is peace just another one of those Christian words that I use to feel better when the world is at war? Or is it just like a Bible verse band-aid on cancer? What is this word that Jesus uses? We try to use it, and, uh, and are we using it just to forget that the real world is really out there, to forget that the real world is inside here, because this world is also at war on any given day? So there's that problem. But that problem raises my second question. What does peace mean when Jesus promises it? Because that's a different question. I think for that we have to look a little bit further back. We have to look at the Old Testament and look at what does biblical peace really mean. Because Jesus promises peace. And when you look at the Old Testament and when you start to unpack what peace looks like, biblical peace means that things are going well with you. That they are happy that you are complete that there's a wholeness to this idea of peace. When we use the word peace in Scripture, when we use the word shalom in Scripture, it is to say, I I want things to be well with you. I want you to be happy. I want you to be complete. I want you to feel secure and surrounded by other people. And I want you to be living the most fruitful life in your labor and what you do. I want you to have enough to eat and to sleep without fear of anything around you. There is this sense of completion to biblical peace in your life. But for the Israelite, peace is not just simply harmony with others and yourself. It's not just this sense of harmony within yourself. True peace meant harmony with God. A right, whole relationship with God that is connected with Yahweh. Judges 6.4 says, For the Lord is peace. So if that's the biblical peace, then you find that in connection to God, because the Lord is peace. And in that sense, peace was a was a salvation. It was a salvation that was only fully realized when you are fully connected and in communion with God who gives all that is good. So we have to make this connection between the Old Testament and then the New Testament when Jesus is preaching peace. The peace that Jesus announces is a saving peace. It says in our text that we already read in verse 27, my peace I give to you. Jesus says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. That's a very important statement. That's why I slowed down when I read it. It's really important. Jesus' peace is not the world's peace. When we in this world say peace, we aren't talking about the same kind of peace that Jesus is speaking about. Jesus has and leaves with us this peace. When we see Jesus' peace in several occasions out throughout Scripture, this is what we're talking about, this salvation Peace, this connection to the heart of God is where we find real inner peace and peace in this world. The sinful woman who washed his feet with her tears is able to go in peace because her sins have been forgiven in Luke 7. 
with their greeting, peace to this house. The disciples are offer salvation to the towns where Jesus will come to them in Luke 10. As they escort Jesus in with joy into Jerusalem, their cry for peace proclaims a redemption, which they will later reject in Luke 19. When they go out to spread Easter peace to the ends of the earth, Peter says, you know the word which God sent to Israel, preaching the good news that is peace through Jesus Christ. The gospel is peace. It is peace that we're speaking about. But that's a lot to say. And Paul even sums it up brilliantly in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. He simply says, Jesus is our peace. What you say in this world when we say, I want peace, is not the same as what we're talking about. Jesus is the peace. And if I can stay connected to Jesus, then I can find that peace. So if you miss everything I say today, at least remember that. Jesus is our peace. But how exactly? Right? We've got to keep asking questions. Paul goes in uh, goes on in Ephesians chapter two, and he says that Jesus breaks down the wall of hostility, that he might create in himself one new man in p in place of the two, so making peace might reconcile both to God. Jesus is our peace because through him we ought we are brought together. Not only with one another, but through Jesus, but also through Jesus, we are brought together with the heart of God. We are brought closer and nearer and together with God in communion because of Jesus. This is the peace that is the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. This is the peace that surpasses all of your understanding in Philippians chapter 4. This is the peace that will keep your hearts and minds when everything else goes crazy. This is the thing that will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus because the biblical God of peace is a God who saves and rescues and brings close. And a heart of peace is a heart that is one with God because of Jesus. So if that is the gospel of peace, if that is the real good news, then what should that word peace say to us today? I think it should at least challenge us to wonder, each of us, what meaning does peace have then for me today? What meaning does peace really have for me And it would likely vary for different people in this room what peace would mean for us in this moment today. For the soldier, it might mean an absence of war. For the mother, it might just mean a sleeping child. Peace might just mean sitting on the soft white sand while the sun disappears into the ocean. It might just mean feet up at the end of a hard day. But if you're hurting, peace might just mean an hour without pain. And certainly there is a facet of this peace that we're talking about in each of those things. Certainly. But do you sense that the peace that Jesus left is a little deeper than that? Do you sense that Jesus' peace is nothing that the world can actually give to you no matter how the moment is? 
that Jesus says, my peace is the presence of God within you and all around you, that that is the peace that we're talking about. It is an entanglement with God that draws you into a real life, different life than you live outside of it. The peace of Jesus is not a psychological state. It's a result of God's presence that peace is the connection with God that you have. When you are, contained, when you are in, entangled with the heart of Jesus, with the heart of God, that is where peace is found. That's how we understand peace. And when you look at yourself honestly on t- just today, sitting in the space that you are, and you think of this word peace, is that how you understand it? That that's where you find it. I find the peace in my entanglement with the heart of God. That's the only place I can find true peace. But the question still remains for each of us if that's the basic Christian understanding of peace, uh, the biblical understanding of peace, then the peace of Jesus can actually coexist with the warring world that we live in. That the peace of Jesus can actually coexist with our human agony. It's possible. Jesus did promise us that as well. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Now that is a phrase I often spout off the end of my mouth. I've learned it. In, in my time following Jesus and being in the church, it's another one of those phrases, right? I leave you peace, but in the world you have tribulation. Oh, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So when he says world, what does that even mean? I've overcome the world. The usage of the word world in that context, when you break that down, is to know everything that is hostile to God. It's not just earth. It is the world. It is everything that is hostile to the heart of God, to who God is. Everything that is against it, that is what we are referencing when we say the world. I have overcome everything that is hostile to my Father. I have already overcome everything inside of you that wars within you that is hostile to who God says you are and who God says this ought to be. Everything that is against that, I've already overcome that. So, in the world where you must live and die, you will indeed have distress and trouble from time to time. But God never promised you otherwise. You will need courage to survive, to overcome, and you will have courage that only comes from the peace that Jesus provides. To go after those things and to live in this world and to go forward, it only comes from the fact that Jesus, who is your peace, has conquered the world already has already broken the power of all the things that are against who God is and who God says you are everything that goes against that Jesus has already conquered that and if you can get close to Jesus that's where the peace comes and like Jesus you will conquer the world Jesus conquers the world though not by force but by a total surrender to what love really is Jesus conquers the world, not by force, but by a total surrender to love. But that's it's not enough for us to just clutch on to the peace of Jesus like Linus blanket and just endure whatever happens. 
precisely because you are connected to the heart of Jesus, precisely because you have this peace of Jesus in, in, in you and through you, because of that, you have not only been left with peace, like Jesus says, but you have also been sent out with peace. So there's something different in that statement. Not only have I left you with peace, but I've sent you out with peace. And when that happens, you've been sent to this world that is in distress. You have been sent out into this world that has been conquered by Jesus by all the brokenness, but you have been sent out into that world. If Jesus conquered the world, so must the follower of Jesus. And like Jesus, you conquer the world not by force, but by faith and a living faith and a connected faith to the heart of Jesus that is through a surrender of love for every person that is around you. So I'm not asking anyone to fly to Afghanistan or drive to another warring land to bring peace. I'm wondering, in my listening in the last couple of weeks when I look at this, I'm wondering, for me, maybe for you, but I'm wondering for me then what wars have I actually ended in my backyard? What wars have I ended in my household? What wars have I ended in my own backyard? What mines of envy and hate uh, and discord and marginalization of other people? What mines have I diffused in my own neighborhood or right at the end of my cul-de-sac that I live on? What hurt Who hurts less because I loved more in my day-to-day life? Maybe the opposite is who hurts more because I loved less. Who was depressed but has come alive because I was near to them? Is anyone free to laugh because I swallowed my pride for a moment? Who around me is hungry for food or affection and is fed because I had faith and love and the peace of Jesus in that moment? Who thirsts for justice and representation in a world that doesn't see them and feels more human because I was present with them? Who experiences God's absence but finds that the image of God is on my face? You overcome this world that is at war and distress and destruction only in the way that Jesus did. By touching it with the peace that Jesus left you and is inside you. And is part of who you are as you are entangled with God that has made you a brand new person. That peace goes out. And opening the heart to other people who are at war within themselves to offer peace to those moments is the way Jesus conquered the world. And it turns out that's the way we overcome the world as followers of Jesus who contain and hold on to the peace that he left you that he gave to you.
So let's do away with some of the, just the cold phrases that we've gotten used to saying and the philosophical truths that we have. Do you actually want to feel the presence and the peace of Jesus? Do you want to glow with that peace? Then you have to share that. You have to go to those broken spots and those broken places and be different. The story has it there was an author, uh, I can't remember her name. Um, she was in Paris uh, on like a writing retreat and she was at a little cafe, uh, like an outdoor cafe uh, in the streets of Paris. She was having like some coffee or some tea or whatever she was drinking. But uh, she was sitting there doing some work and then there was like suddenly out of nowhere there was like this incredible aroma that just like hit her and uh it was really pleasant it was really like a pretty aroma and it was just like sudden and so she asked uh the waiter like what what is that smell like what is that scent that it just like hit me like really strong and the waiter explained to him that yeah or to her that uh right at the end of the street that you could see from where she was sitting there's a perfume factory and that every day at a at a shift change when there's a shift change at the factory, all of the workers leave, and when they leave, they've been sitting in that perfume factory all day long, and, it's, and it saturates. And so when they walk out into the streets, it just fills the streets with the scent of the perfume factory because they're saturated with what they've been present in for their whole day. And if you could be so saturated, if I could be so saturated with this promise of peace that Jesus left me. And if I could stay entangled with the heart of Jesus more and more to be so saturated with his presence, I couldn't help but exude that pleasant aroma and that true peace in a world that is at war, in a world that is at destruction. And if that world is my neighborhood, if I am saturated with the peace of Jesus and the heart of Jesus, then that should exude into my neighborhood. That should exude into my household. That should exude into uh, my city. That, that stuff should happen if I could stay connected to the heart of Jesus so closely and so entangled that I've been saturated with this promise of peace that he leaves. And that would make an impact. And that would conquer the broken world that is around me and within me. That's what I've been listening to. And I'm done. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you again for an opportunity to be with others. Uh, especially after the last year and a half. It is an incredible gift that we cannot take lightly and should never take lightly again. So thank you for the opportunity to be together. We ask, God, that you continue to meet with us, that you continue to come closer, and that as we leave here, we leave here having been saturated with your love, with your presence, with who you are and what you're calling us to, and especially with your peace, that it may go out into a world that is at war, and destruction and distress and that we could see something different, something shift in the world and the spaces that we live. We praise you for who you are 
And we pray this in Jesus. Thank you so much, PC. So grateful for your your message today and for you being here. Um, what a what a wonderful morning it has been, right? Um, I want to invite all of you to stand one last time and let's praise God together for his love, for his peace, for his faithfulness, for his constant presence in our lives and in the life of this church. Like Gary said earlier, 27 years of God's faithfulness, 27 years. Um, And we give thanks and praise to him for that, for so many things. Here we go. Come to the well and never us dry. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Come all you sinners, come find His mercy. Come to the table, He will satisfy. Drink of His goodness, my love your love God so loved, for God so loved, the world that he gave us, his one and only son to save us, whoever believes in him, will live forever, will live forever, bring all your failures, bring your addictions, Come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting there with open arms. For God so loved, for God so loved the world that He gave us. His one and only Son to save us forever beneath the power of hell forever defeated. Now it is well. Walk in freedom for God's so love. God's so love the world. And on that note, I'm going to say thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Everyone have an awesome week. We'll see you next time.